Hello and welcome to episode nine of The Content Show. I'm Simon Carney. Today we're talking about what content marketers can learn from newsrooms. Uh, let's face it, there's a lot of ex-journalists who are now content marketers. We're going to give you a few tips about what happens in newsrooms and some of the best practices that can be applied to content marketing. Also, our editorial content director, David Austin, is speaking to Michael Lyons, who's the co-founder of Recovery Systems, which is a startup focused on sports health. He's got some very interesting insights into using personal chat on his website, as well as chat bots. He's starting up an ambassador program to get his athletes, his customers, to become, in a way, influencers and, and help him provide stories about their recovery journeys. It's an interesting challenge for him because he's got lots of verticals in different sports and how to connect with those and be B2B, B2C uh, with a reseller program. I really want to find out what they're up to and and uh, uh, and, and hopefully show some value in, in how we'd approach their recovery. I'm also speaking to Mark Welker from Commoner Productions in Melbourne. This follows on from our safe shooting interviews last week. This one's one I've been wanting to do for ages. It all got interrupted by COVID-19, which is about sustainable shooting. So it's nice to talk about something else other than this damn virus. Mark basically goes through how he's made his production company into a sustainable production company and really interesting insights, one of which I think is pertinent to, to all marketers and all, all people in content strategy is a lot of it is quite boring, simple stuff that needs to be done to make your production sustainable. But if you have a strategy and a plan that combines all of those elements into a greater goal, it really inspires everyone to do the right thing. That biggest step that you do is by structuring all these little small things that you can do because sustainability, in a way, it's all the unsexy stuff. Also, our regular chat with David Austin, our editorial content director, where we're going to get more into the uh, newsroom chat. Now I'm feeling like the song Hotel California. You know, you can check in anytime you want, but you can never leave. And finally, the week's branded content releases with Singapore's most famous Russian comedian and our scripted content director, Artrak Matsyanov. It's cool to see that even in illustration animation space, you can actually mimic some of the uh, cinematography tricks. Onto newsrooms. The content marketing and journalism might seem like they're different creatures, but actually they have a lot in common, not just the amount of ex-journalists uh, such as yours truly who now work in content marketing. So we went through and we looked at some of the, some of the things about newsrooms that are relevant to content marketing. And we think, because a lot, we apply these, a lot of these at Click to View, and they're very useful at the moment when, when we don't really know what's going to be happening. And so a lot of content marketing strategies are fairly agile, quick turnaround, and they need to change with the times because we don't have any answers for what's going to be happening a month down the track. And that's really where the skill of a journalist comes in because you're moving with the times, with the news. Our top five newsroom techniques for content marketers are as follows. Number five is user style guide. Really, consistency is such an underrated skill these days. I'm going to do a whole post on just consistency coming up. Second, be agile. It's a way of being. So if you get a story, the idea is you tell it quickly, publish it, and move on to the next one. Third, run editorial newsroom meetings. It gets everyone on the same page. They've got to be quick too. And you need somebody decisive leading. So the, the fundamentals of an editorial news, newsroom meeting 
are the news editor or the chief of staff in some countries goes in with a news list, there's a list of stories, and that's where they decide which stories are good and which stories are bad, where those good stories are gonna go, and the editor provides guidance on how they want those stories told. It's like, no, don't like that story. Yep, that's a great story, keep working on that. Second, verify your facts. Trust is the new currency in this day and age and brands can gain a lot of value, but it makes it so important that you verify facts in everything you do. And the number one newsroom tip for content marketers is know how to recognize a story. The basic skill of journalism is like understanding what makes news and what makes an interesting story. It's man bites dog, not dog bites man. It's what is surprising. News, it's timely. There are a dozen reasons why a newsroom philosophy will apply to content marketers, but that's just five of our suggestions. Next up, we've got the highlights of David Austin's interview with Michael Lyons from Recovery Systems. Don't forget, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit the card in the top right-hand corner of the screen, or otherwise, if you're watching on LinkedIn, you can see our YouTube channel below and search for it there. We, we always thought of it as storytelling and uh, we wanted to involve uh, our athlete, our customers who are athletes who are um, leading weekend warriors, some of them are professional athletes. Uh, and we wanted to give them a voice via what we're doing mm -hmm. uh, and, and hopefully make it topical and um, bring, bring them into the spotlight mm -hmm. in a way that they could use and mm -hmm. reuse. But in recent times, Instagram's been more important in driving uh, traffic to us, and we share things across uh, across different channels for different reasons. Mm -hmm. For example, LinkedIn's quite important uh, from a B2B point of view because uh, we have a reseller strategy in different, uh, in different countries. Okay. And uh, so B2B is, is fairly, fairly important for us to develop. Mm -hmm. particularly with new products coming online like the equestrian product we have a chat um, mechanism through our website and i personally as much as possible i personally like to engage with whoever comes onto our website because mm -hmm. i do have domain knowledge around training and recovery and um, rather than it being outsourced to a bot or yes. You know, at first level, it's a it's a bot that responds. Uh, you know, how can we help you? That I get prompted if someone is there to engage, and I really want to find out what they're up to, and and uh, uh, and and hopefully show some value in in how we'd approach their recovery. And mm -hmm. then we will very shortly put out a call for membership to our ambassador program. Okay. So this will be first cab off the rank. They'll uh, they will get um, a very big discount mm -hmm. off the product in in return for certain things around marketing, social media, mm -hmm. uh, testimonials, Google um, reviews, okay. uh, and you know video segment. Yeah, uh, we 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 have this concept during this time or this motto, and it's the motto is double down on digital. So. Uh, mm -hmm. We're in the middle of doing a, a website refresh, which has taken far longer than mm -hmm. normal. I think a lot of people would, would say that that's, that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we're working on, um, working on interviews and just taking a look at how we, how we go about that, getting better at, at MailChimp and the email nurturing 
mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Um, you know of potential customers. This is a really great interview. If you want to watch the full interview, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the card in the top right-hand corner of the screen, or if you're watching on LinkedIn or Facebook, search for our YouTube channel, which is listed below. Next up, the highlights of my interview with Mark Welker about sustainable shooting. As I said earlier, hit the card if you're watching on YouTube, or search for our YouTube channel below uh, if you would like to see the full interview. Sustainable production is, for me personally, is about taking some of those things that I care about in my personal life. You know, we all are pretty good in general about doing things like recycling and reducing our waste in the home. And what I felt was I I wondered whether we could do a much better job inside the office and inside the production as, uh, as a whole. Um, I think production um, can be quite wasteful, uh, video production in general, because it usually involves everyone getting together in a temporary space with a lot of temporary resources and then leaving at the end of the day. It's sort of like if you've ever been to a, like, a concert uh, and you leave at the end of the day and you look at the ground and it's just littered with all the things that those people came with. Reduce reuse, recycle, so reducing the waste that you generate. Uh, and that could be stuff like, you know, um, not not taking plastic bottles on set and that sort of thing. Uh, reusing could be things like, you know, um, keeping keep cups um, in a unit van, um, allowing people to bring their own water bottles and providing access to water rather than just like a big slab of um, single-use um, plastics. And then recycling, sort of looking at ways that you can take the waste that you do generate, because some of it, unfortunately, um, is hard to get rid of entirely, but making sure that you have a way of recycling that. So that might be using like biocompostable um, containers. It could be taking wardrobe. Um, so a lot of the shoots that we do, we buy a lot of clothes and props to make a room look like a room. And then at the end of the day, um, some of that stuff gets taken back and returned, but a lot of it just sort of sits around. So we make sure that, you know, you can do things like um, take that to charity and sort of make sure that it's being sort of recycled in another sense. We have the benefit of a large roof. Um, so we installed solar panels last year um, and it offsets all our um, in-office. Um, so our office is pretty much completely generated from solar. That biggest step that you do is by structuring all these little small things that you can do because sustainability in a way, it's all the unsexy stuff. Um, You know, there's nothing really cool about looking at what's in your bin in the office and going, hey guys, maybe we should uh, look at a compost bin and uh, or, you know, there's nothing sexy about, you know, bringing, you know, washing out cups at the end of the day. Um, so the way I see it, by making a plan, by structuring everything and sort of breaking things down into areas and kind of saying, okay, here's where we are today and here's where we want to be, you're sort of making all those small things feel much more meaningful because you're attaching it to a strategy, which we all as marketers and as people that work in marketing, so they naturally understand, but also it gives people that this is what you're contributing to. 
um, these, this is the, the stepped plan that we're going to go through to get to a more sustainable um, level. That was a really interesting interview. If you want to watch the full thing, hit the card in the top right-hand corner of the screen if you're watching on YouTube, or search for our YouTube channel below if you're watching on LinkedIn or Facebook. Next up, I'm talking to our editorial content director, David Austin, about newsrooms and what else is happening in content marketing this week. Okay, and I'm back talking to our editorial content director, David Austin, about the week's content marketing news. Mm. This week, uh, David, we're talking about Content marketing and um, and the example from example from journalism newsrooms. Mm -hmm. um, we had a, a a blog which posted about the top five lessons that content marketers could learn from newsrooms. Um, mm -hmm. They were in no particular order: um, being agile, uh, recognizing a story, verifying facts, holding editorial meetings, and having a style guide. Mm -hmm. um, and I know even at Clicks of View, we don't follow all these rules, even though we're both ex-journalists. What do you think is the most important out of those? Well, I, I think obviously uh, verify facts is something that's important. And, um, you know, content marketers can look to journalism and make sure that their, uh, their customers and their clients know that this is a value, you know, that getting your facts right, even if maybe they're not able to make, your clients aren't able to make the strong statements about their own own company that they want to verifying facts is a real value that you're offering the readers so that they know that they can trust the information that you're sharing and and these days especially during this COVID-19 period I think it's really important to um, as you're verifying check facts check for updates you know because a lot of things that you have written and fact checked one week if you have if you're ready to publish it the next week some things may have changed so you need to read back back through and make sure everything is still current and relevant yeah it's it's, it's actually i'm seeing that a bit on social that friends share an article and i think oh that looks interesting then i realize it was recent on like the 31st of march which is mm. you know it could be a decade ago in the way mm -hmm. you know, the way things are moving at the moment yeah and as a reader i mean the first thing i do is i check the date you know any article that's being shared or whatever i look when was this written you know and it, it's really important the, the weekly editorial meetings or if you if your um, team can have an editorial meeting i think it's uh it's really important that um it, you let everyone know what's being worked on because sometimes different articles for different clients will be done kind of in silos. And a lot of times there might be some really good information that, that one writer's developing for one client that can spur an idea for another client. Or, or, and, and you can kind of build on the, the knowledge base that you're kind of developing there within your own organization. Absolutely. Well, I'd be interested in your opinion on this because um, I know you're a consensus guy and mm -hmm. Um, my um, my uh, experience in newsroom uh, editorial meetings has been um, tainted by years and years in uh, news corporation, um, and so it's like like the editor rules with an iron fist. Mm. This one's in, that one's out, that sort of thing. How do you think it should work for a, on a content marketing sense? Where you know that that sort of hard-assed approach is not really going to work in a corporate environment. Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, I've spent more of my time in a corporate environment. So I, you know, I've kind of seen um, the opposite of that, where things get are allowed through simply because it is such maybe you have so many cooks in the kitchen that the, the only consensus uh, product that can end up is very watered down and, and not really of much use to anyone. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a balance. I, I think that's going back to the point about like verifying facts and 
and things like that. Sometimes that can be a tool that you can use to perhaps increase the quality of what you're putting out, making it about the piece and not necessarily about just following one person's uh, or ruffling other people's feathers, you know, just keep it about the work itself. Yeah, yeah, ex exactly. And that, that's, I guess, also where knowing what a, what a good story is comes in, yeah. um, which, is a, which is a particular skill that, that comes from journalism. So that's um, how you run those meetings and how you identify what are the good stories um, can be quite tricky if you're, um, you know, if you're not experienced at that. Yeah, but I think everybody, I, I know everyone on our team values bouncing ideas off of each other. Because a lot of times if you've, if you've um, perhaps read the same article 10 times or if, you, or if you're you know, working on another article that might be similar to other articles you've written in the past, it, you need some, a sounding board to get, a, get kind of a, a sense check on, on, your, on your writing and, and on the content if it's, if it's worth doing or, or if you're just kind of like uh, end up going down the same path you've been down too many times. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite amazing. I, I, that used to happen all the time um, in newspapers. And so I would be like just tearing my hair out. I wouldn't be able to see the, you know, the wood for the trees on a story. Mm -hmm. And you can ask your colleague and say, look, what, 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 what should I do here? And mm -hmm. I go, do this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And then the same is true when, you, when you're asked the same question because you come into it just like that and you've got mm -hmm. your, sort of your news goggles on. So you're looking at it going, oh, well, that's, that, that's the most important thing. Put that up the top and, yep. and go from there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Oh, gosh, I miss those days. Um, David, thank you very much. I hope Thanks. you're enjoying your uh, continued isolation and uh, work from home. Uh, well, uh, this time I feel like it's now I'm feeling like the song Hotel California. You know, you can check in anytime you want, but you can never leave. I, I know, I know. <laughs> and at last, but definitely not least, we have Artrak Metsianov, Singapore's most famous Russian comedian and ClickToView's scripted content director. And we're talking about the week's branded content releases. And we're back and I'm with Arturak Metsianov, our scripted content, di content director and Singapore's most famous Russian comedian. How are you, Arta? I'm good, Simon. How are you? I'm going a bit stir crazy, if I'm honest. Okay, hanging there. It's only one more month. <laughs> <laughs> only, only. I know it's not long compared to what some people have had to endure, but still. Um, at least we can go outside to go to the NTUC. Yeah, yeah. And also you can watch our selected branded content picks of the week. Which is a wonderful thing. So moving right along, thank you for that hint. Um, the first one is from MailChimp, which is the story of a challenging entrepreneurial dream to turn Kyrgyzstan into an international tourist destination. It might be a bit hard now. Uh, yeah, it is. I think it was hard even before the lockdown, let's be honest. Uh, but it's a, it's a very nice piece of original content by MailChimp. Uh, featuring this guy called Emil, and uh, essentially it's an entrepreneur. So I, I think probably he lived in some biggest cities in Kyrgyzstan, and he moved to this small village, uh, which is uh, at the mountain bed. And basically, he's trying to turn it into some sort of uh, international resort. And he said that the first year, I think there were like five people who came to this place. Then that that winter, when they were filming, it was already hundreds. And in the first time in the history of the village they actually had like a full tourist bus coming and that was like a historical event so it's it's very nicely done and also because Kyrgyzstan is part of the uh, 
like former part of this uh, ex-Soviet Union, you see just the villages, probably they look like a lot of Russian villages, and I'm sure there are some hidden gems uh, like that, and and guys are basically riding horses even in winter. So there's a, there was a funny joke that the guys, he met the villager, and the villager said that because in the winter everyone wears sunglasses because the the sun is shining and basically the, the yeah, snow you have the snow blind, and he was joking that if they put like a green uh, glasses on top of the horse, if the horse will think that the snow is grass and it will start eating it, <laughs> so yeah, I guess they're just having having fun the way they can. Did it make you want to visit? Uh, I mean, I think you would actually like to visit because it's uh, they're turning into a ski resort and he has some plans to establish like ski skiing. Because I don't ski, but I know that you do, so probably you should visit it. <laughs> yeah, sounds sounds good. Um, again, off the beaten track, Aman, Majan, Mayan, Mahan Travel Agency. Um, explain a video for its loyalty program um, to tell us about Jamal's bad trip, bad decisions, I should say. Yeah, it's, it's an explainer video uh, that follows kind of traditional path of uh, good decision, bad decision with two heroes. One is just traveling the standard way, running behind uh, buses and uh, trams. And another one is uh, planning his trip in advance using the loyalty card. And basically he accommodates the points and then he can upgrade to the business class, etc. Uh, but I kind of picked it uh, for, the, for the visual style because uh, I tried to... Uh, also look for some animation styles and this this was done very nicely and it's cool to see that even in illustration animation space you can actually mimic some of the uh, cinematography tricks like for example it's an animation video but you can still see like the sun glare um, and uh, even like the rack focus effect so it's kind of cool that they try to mimic the the best of the best tricks nice nice um, now the next one is uh with cars, uh, part of the urban landscape, um, Toyota shares Danish architecture firm Third Nature's vision for a new urban design focused on sustainability. Well, we've been talking about sustainability today in the content show, trying to avoid the coronavirus. Um, tell us a bit more about this one. Uh, that's a story of two architects who basically became partners. One was from the landscaping field, another was from planning and uh, urban development. And uh, they basically said that originally they thought that city is city and then nature is nature. They kind of separate. But then they realized that that whole thinking was wrong. And uh, they need to think in terms of sustainable urban design where nature and urban uh, environment can actually coexist. And basically that's why they, uh, they joined the forces and uh, they feature a couple of uh, projects and talk about their vision. Uh, one of the projects was, for example, uh, Copenhagen, where they're based. Uh, they have huge floodings, which are very expensive. And basically, they just created a very simple solution. They use like uh, bricks, but put holes inside them. And uh, it just aggregates all the rainwater, and then it can be reused as well. And they finished with a very ambitious big project that they're building some sort of sustainable island somewhere in Copenhagen. So it's kind of kind of really cool to see what's what's going on there. My sister studies architecture, so... Who knows, maybe she will end up also in this sustainable urban design field, but it looks very exciting. Well, I think everyone in architecture probably will eventually. Um, Copenhagen's yeah. a, a beautiful city as well, so it's uh, quite be quite interesting to see. Um, now on to, um, to, well, to uh, architects, to artists, artists in lockdown, the UBS Open Studios, 
uh, looks at how Israel's Oren Fisher uh, is working creatively from home. This, this one sounds interesting as well. Yeah, UBS uh, did a series of videos featuring different artists uh, uh, under, under the lockdown. And uh, this guy, he, he won a, a Sotheby Award and basically he was preparing for the show because the winner gets the solo show. Uh, solo exhibition that was supposed to be in end May, but clearly it's going to be postponed. But he's still trying to be busy. He talks that he misses his mom, his friends, but still trying to be creative. Uh, but uh, despite working in his studio every day for 10 hours, uh, he confesses that he spends too much time on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the quarantine version of the Budweiser What's Up? Ad. What's up? That's, uh, that's, um, yeah, that's a legacy. That's a heritage. Um, yeah, it's beautiful that Budweiser just used the, the old video and basically just did this sort of, I don't know, uh, probably it's not deep fake, but they just replaced the, the voice uh, with uh, the, the current thing. So they just edited the lip syncing, but the actors, all the props, you see the landlines, big computers and uh, yeah it's basically what i doing i'm just in the in the lockdown what's up what's up and yeah it's just uh, nicely done you know what this is a, this is a genius idea for the um for advertisers at the moment you know how um the uh some of the big um, galleries around the world are getting people at home to to recreate the paintings the the, the classics mm -hmm. um maybe the advertisers should be doing just lockdown remakes of all their old their favorite old ads and uh see yeah. what they come up with that's sort of yeah yeah they should be they should be i don't know whether they would like to actually do like user generated content basically just commissioning people to uh butcher their old commercials i'm sure the brand police will be very upset about that ha, who knows it's an interesting idea anyway well arta thank you very much thanks simon stay safe take care do. And thank you for watching. That's episode nine of the content show. I'm Simon Carney, brought to you by Click to View. Have a great day.